Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. We do this each weekday at 11 a.m. A reminder that tomorrow we will not have a Thursday show because we've got Bellarmine basketball here on the Big X. Just another sign that college hoops is here. And for the Hoosiers, uh, things I don't know if you could say officially with it being an exhibition game, but things do get underway coming up on Saturday with an exhibition against Marion University. We'll have more on that coming up here in just a bit. But good time, good week. High school football probably is excited about some of the games on Friday night. Postseason, week two for some teams. The opening week for the 5A and 6A locals that had buys in the first week. So excited about all that. It's going to be another great sports weekend when you put the IU exhibition and IU football an off week, but some good college football coming up this week as well as we move through that season. So just a great time to be a sports fan, a great time for you to lock in with us each and every day here on the Big X live at 11 o'clock. And of course, if you can't make the live program, you could always tune us in as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, wherever you listen to podcasts and you'll find us there. And no matter how you're with us each day, we hope, uh, appreciate you listening. And uh, don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can send in comments and questions for our guest. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And again, the Thornton's text line number, you can save this in your phone. You can text every day. We'll do our best to get your comments on the air. And I know as we get into basketball season, more of you seem to have opinions and sound off on things, but that number is 502-414-1450. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, news, notes, and headlines from around IU basketball and local sports. We'll cover a number of things here in just a few moments. Also, here in this opening segment, I want to take you through the Marion team that Indiana's going to scrimmage. We've talked a little bit about some IU connections and some in-state basketball connections to the Marion program. We'll do that here in just a few moments. Also, some other news of the day, more good news for Trace Jackson Davis, another solid preseason ranking for the Hoosiers by USA Today. So just a lot to get to. It, it seems like every day some good news for this IU basketball team uh, in advance of the season. Later in the show, Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times will check in 
Dustin is the beat writer for the Hoosiers for the Herald Times in Bloomington, and he's kind enough to join us Wednesdays to break down IU basketball and football. And we'll primarily have a basketball chat today with Dustin when he's with us. And then later in the hour, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. He has sure been a busy guy, crisscrossing southern Indiana, keeping up with all the high school and local sports. Football postseason continues on Friday. A big volleyball semi-state for Providence and Floyd Central. They will both be at Columbus East in their respective 3A and 4A semi-state games. So that will be a lot of fun. And other fall sports beginning to wrap up. And there's been some real highlights from the area. And so we'll share some of those coming up later with Josh Cook of the News and Tribune. That's our show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are still being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's get into some headlines for today here on this Wednesday, October 26th edition of the program. Uh, who is Marion, this in-state, NAIA-level college basketball team coming to Bloomington on Saturday afternoon? Well, the biggest connection to Indiana is former player, Steve Downing, former IU basketball player Steve Downing, who is the athletic director at Marion University. And it sounds like I was reading a story from Mike Schumann, who joins us on Tuesdays of the Daily Hoosier. Sounds like Coach Downing has been in contact with Coach Woodson, and the team will be arriving on Friday, getting a tour of Assembly Hall, getting an opportunity to check out Cook Hall and some of the other things on campus as well. Of course, Steve Downing played at Indiana from 1970 through 73, and was named Big Ten Player of the Year as a senior. He was a big part of the 73 Hoosiers that went to the Final Four, which was Bob Knight's first national semifinal as IU head coach. And Steve Downing had 1,220 points in his three seasons, which is currently good enough for number 37 on Indiana's all-time scoring list. So that's the biggest IU connection. As far as Marion, they are in a really good conference, the Crossroads League from the NAI level of college sports, college basketball, and I saw that they were picked third in their conference, Indiana Wesleyan, another great small college program in the state that has won national championships, picked first in that conference. And as far as the roster goes, one really local connection, Luke Goman, who had a tremendous career at Floyd Central. He was right there around the Romeo years with New Albany when New Albany was loaded and Floyd Central had Goman and Barnes and other really good players. But Luke has went on to have a great career at Marion. He's a senior now, plays some guard and forward at six foot six, two 220 pounds. So he's a Southern Indiana connection you might pay attention to as you watch the IU Marion exhibition on Saturday. But what I love about this Marion team, number one, they're in-state. It gives them an opportunity to make some money. The connection with Steve Downing is great. It gives those players a chance to play in Assembly Hall. But they are loaded with Indiana high school guys. New Palestine, Richmond, McCutcheon from Lafayette, Carmel, Greencastle, Floyd Central, Morristown. So many in-state players that were great high school players uh, in their high school days on the Marion roster. And, of course, they're coached by Scott Eddy, who's entering his sixth season. Uh, Scott was a very successful coach at Carmel. Uh, his family, his father was a legendary high school basketball coach in our state at Shenandoah for so many years. And Scott's a great guy and a great coach, and he's done wonderful things at Marion. And uh, he'll have an opportunity to take his team into Assembly Hall coming up on Saturday afternoon. One other note on Marion, they actually opened their season Thursday night 
they will take on St. Xavier, Illinois in their season opening game at home. So they're going to have a little bit of opportunity to get some official run in before they head down to Indiana on Friday and then play the game that's uh, scheduled to tip off at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. A couple other headlines today related to IU basketball. Yesterday afternoon, Trace Jackson Davis, Indiana senior forward, was named to another preseason All-American team. This time he was named as a second-team All-American by The Athletic. That came out on Tuesday, and that is now his sixth preseason All-America honor. Some of them have been first-team, some of them have been second-team, but that tells you what not just the locals and the Big Ten media, but what the national media is thinking about Trace Jackson Davis and what his season could be like. And this is a question I have for Dustin Dopierak today. What does an improved Trace Jackson Davis's game look like? Is it more points per game? Is it him being able to do more out on the floor? Is there other things he can bring or step up in his game to take it to another level in what we all assume will be his final season with IU basketball? So we'll break that down. Trace, obviously a huge talking point and focal point with this team as we head into the weekend. Indiana also another great preseason ranking. USA Today has him number 14. And the reason I give this one merit, I love the AP poll because it's the media, and you would think that the AP, who's been around for so long, would have great uh, correspondence across the country that would uh, vote on this. And I think that's that they do. That's why it's a credible poll. But the USA Today poll is a coach's poll. Coaches vote in that poll. Indiana number 14 in that poll, just behind Arizona, who they will play, of course, in December. Number one, North Carolina. Number two, Gonzaga. Houston, three. Kentucky, four. Kansas, five. Indiana, the highest-ranked Big Ten team at number 14. Michigan comes in at number 22, and Illinois at number 23. So very similar to the Associated Press poll that came out last week. And then Purdue, they are 26, if you counted the other receiving vote schools, they would be right behind Dayton at the number 26 position. So Purdue hovering in a lot of these polls at being a top 25 team, at least here in the preseason. A few NBA notes now that the season is here. It's always the time for me, at least, to focus more on the NBA and watch some of the former IU guys try to track Romeo with the league pass only being $100 for a subscription this year. He's not got a lot of minutes, but uh, has been fun to follow the Spurs and see where and if he can fit in for that team. But other IU connections in the NBA, Thomas Bryant is out right now. He's being reevaluated some weeks from now after recently having a surgery on his thumb. So he is paused right now. And then I've had a couple people say, hey, what happened to Jawan Morgan uh, after a little run he got with the Celtics last year? Uh, he is now with the Ontario Clippers. I saw they announced their training camp roster earlier this week. And so Jawan Morgan is in the Clippers organization and will play for the Ontario Clippers, it looks like, when that uh, G League season gets underway. So a few notes there on some of IU's former players that uh, obviously are now uh, in their professional career. Some of them trying to hang on, and others like OG Ananobi uh, and Victor Oladipo, who seems to be uh, going to be a focal point for Miami this year, are continuing on in what seem to be good careers. Also, haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I got a chance to text back and forth a little bit yesterday with Greg Doyle of the Indianapolis Star, and uh, he had a nice story I've heard from a lot of people that posted online earlier this morning about Romeo from his trip to uh, San Antonio to Indianapolis last Friday. 
uh, to play the Pacers. And uh, he had a chance to catch up with him. He had uh, Romeo, Greg told me, I have not read the story, but had some funny things to say about New Albany and uh, a good story. Always uh, a good writer is Greg. And so make sure you check that out. Uh, Greg, I think, posted that. It's been posted on the Indy Star website as of earlier this morning. Also, a local note, not football or not volleyball. I know we've brought up both of those sports and we'll continue to do so here this week and as long as we have local teams involved. But girls' basketball is underway, kind of quietly. Practices began a few weeks ago, and I was looking at the schedule for local teams. The first real night of games will be Tuesday, November 1st. So next week, we're less than a week away from official games in the regular season. There are some scrimmages this week for teams to get ready for those regular season openers. And we'll talk to Josh Cook today about his thoughts on girls basketball. I've had a couple of people say, you know, hey, Matt, give the girls some love. Uh, tell us your thoughts on the season. Who's going to be one of the better teams in the area? Can anybody make a run like Silver Creek has done to a state championship game or win one? My answer this year is I think not. I don't think it's likely that we have a team at that level or that's as highly ranked as the Dragons have been in recent years. I think it's going to be a competitive uh, arena locally, though, for girls basketball. I'm just not sure that we'll see a standout team, at least out of the gate. We might be able to make some better projections on that when we get a few three, four weeks into the season. But there's nobody right away. Charlestown should be pretty good, pretty balanced, I think, in the area. Some young players in the area as well to watch. But it'd be interesting to see what kind of girls' basketball season it is. Hopefully, my initial take is we'll have some good games among the locals, the rivalry games and competitive games. That's always what you want to see. But girls' basketball is almost here. It starts on Tuesday, November 1st, and we'll talk a little girls' hoops a little bit later in the hour when Josh Cook is with us on the program. High school football coming up on Friday night, week two for some teams, week one for others. And, of course, Providence and West Washington, I think, will be one of the uh, tremendous matchups of the weekend. But the best may be, at least on paper, Charlestown and Heritage Hills. And I think I may go up to Charlestown on Friday just to take that one in on the sideline. Heritage Hills should be a very good matchup for the Pirates who are undefeated and won their first round sectional game handily in a rematch over Salem to get to the next round of sectional play. And I think we'll see a tremendous crowd. Charlestown has had great support all season long. There have been a lot of excitement around that program all year long. And we'll see if they can uh, best Heritage Hills and move on to another week of postseason football play. My hope is going into this Friday that we see all the locals advance on and that uh, as we move further and further into postseason, we have multiple teams, hopefully a few weeks from now, playing for sectional championships here across southern Indiana. But high school football, especially in the postseason, it's a lot of fun as we get into November. Let's see if we can have some local teams that continue to advance on. All right, that's a look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. Thornton's text line, Texter says, high school football playoff games at higher seeded team or central location question mark. The answer is actually neither. Uh, it's just a random draw. Host schools are kind of predetermined on who's going to be at the bottom of the bracket on those respective games, but you can really get into a big debate in high school sports in our state in general. Should the postseason be seeded? Uh, should there be central locations for postseason events? For basketball, often there is. For football, because of the length and the situation on Friday, it probably does not make a lot of sense to have one location 
But, uh, yeah, definitely some interesting things around our high school football postseason. Thank you, Texter, for the message on the Thornton's text line. We'll head to a commercial break. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times is next. We'll dive into IU basketball and Trace Jackson Davis and more. And still ahead, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune on local sports, coming up in segment number three. Stay with us. This is a Wednesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, welcome back to this Wednesday program. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times will join us in just a moment. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. Dustin, welcome into the show. We've got IU basketball, an exhibition game coming up on Saturday. It's the Marion in-state team, uh, NAIA, competitive uh, program under the direction of uh, longtime Carmel coach Scott Hetty. Neat to see these in-staters get an opportunity to play at Assembly Hall. What will be the key thing or two you'll be watching uh, regarding this IU team here in this exhibition game? Dustin, are you there? We'll see if we can reconnect with Dustin. I don't think we have him right this moment. Uh, Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times set to join us, I think, here in just a moment. We'll see if we can reconnect with him and get him back on the line. But that is a 3 p.m. game on Saturday afternoon. And one of the things I want to ask Dustin is, what does an elevated uh, game from Trace Jackson Davis, what does it look like if he can okay. meet all these preseason expectations and, uh, and, and take his game to another level? Dustin, are you with us now? Dustin, are you with us now? I can hear you now, yeah. Okay, got it. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times with us. We've got basketball coming up this weekend, Dustin, and that is exciting. Yes, it is. Yeah, we're finally there. I and mean, obviously we spent a lot of time talking about uh, uh, this team in the offseason and what they could be and what they're capable of and what expectations ought to be um, and, and how they you know could be combined, basically how this, this uh, roster uh, could shape up what guys could play together. What could be a starting lineup? What could be a second unit? You know how teams, might, you know, players might flow in. Uh, so we're finally going to get a sense of it. Um, you know, obviously, you know, not they're not going to be playing a, a, an opponent that's at their uh, level in Marion. Although I'm sure you know Marion is pretty good for its level. Um, but you know, you're just going to get a sense of how this group moves around together and and how it can combine and and just get a better chance of what they are. And you know, we've seen limited amounts of of them on the floor together, but we haven't seen it. Uh, one with only you know five guys out there at a time, and two you know really running Mike Woods in place. Um, so we're you know finally going to get a sense of it, get get some beginning of understanding. Obviously, we're a long way 
uh, not a long way, probably at least, you know, what, three weeks, I guess, uh, from seeing them play uh, somebody that, that could conceivably beat them when they play Xavier in the Gavit games. Um, but it's, it's still, I think, just, you know, uh, really exciting just to get this season kicked off. Yeah, Dustin, I know there's been a lot of preseason love for the Hoosiers and specifically for Trace Jackson Davis. Yesterday, uh, he was honored with his sixth, I believe, preseason All-America honor. Some have been first team, others have been second team. If Trace is going to meet these expectations and elevate his game and prepare himself even further for professional basketball, perhaps even the NBA, what would Trace Jackson Davis' season, what could it look like if he's able to rise to the occasion, he's already been very solid in all of his seasons in Bloomington, but what would uh, an improved Trace Jackson Davis look like in this, what we think will be his final year at Indiana? Yeah, I mean, I think like the areas that are still available for growth uh, are, you know, um, obviously you want to see a little bit of, of shooting distance. You know, you want him to see him to hit the occasional three, you know, hit some outside jumpers and, and that be a piece of his game. You, you want to see his free throw percentage go up. Not that it's ever been bad, but I mean, he gets fouled a lot. Um, and, you know, he's typically been in that 67, 68% range. So, like, you know, maybe you can get him up to, if you get him up to 75, 80-ish, I mean, that makes a difference. That's a lot of points uh, that you're talking about there. I mean, he, was, he went to the line for 218 free throws last year. So, you know, tack on another, you know, give him another 10%. That's another, you know, 20 free throws. Uh, if you could get up, if you could get up in the 77 range, that would be a big deal. Um, but I, I think another piece is is just always rising to the occasion in the big games, the same way that he did in the Big Ten tournament. Um, you know, and, and obviously that you're not necessarily expecting him to average 25 a game, and it's probably not good for them as a team if he averages 25 a game because you're going to want a little bit more balance there. Um, but you obviously saw his ability to. Um, impose will, uh, you know, uh, it, against Michigan, against Tucker Dickinson, against even Kofi Coburn um, in in that Big Ten tournament. And if you see him playing like that, if you see him really taking it to whatever big man he faces, uh, that's what it looks like. I mean, as far as numbers are concerned, again, points and rebounds. You know, like I don't know how much higher it gets, and I don't know how much higher you want it to go. If you want to see some of these other guys blossom, which I think is really important. Um, I think the most important thing that, like, what it would look like if he truly makes a, a leap is he's always winning those battles with the other best big men. You know, that, that when it comes down to, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe he doesn't beat up on Armando Baycott, but he at least plays him to a draw in North, you know, in the North Carolina game. Um, you know, he beats whoever Kansas throws at him. He's, you know, right there with Hunter Dickinson. He doesn't get uh, overwhelmed by Zach Eady, and he just feasts on the rest of the Big Ten, you know, and, and because there's going to be a lot of new, new big guys in the league. Um, and he should be able to beat up on all of them. He should be able to bully a lot of those guys. And I think that's really what it comes down to, is being able to win those matchups and clearly be the best player on the floor almost every night. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times here on a week where Indiana is going to actually start games, start the exhibition season, the two-game swing for that coming up on Saturday afternoon. You know, I, I started, before we had some connection problems, I started to ask you about Marion and the in-state team that's been a very good NAI level uh, program in our state, coached by Scott Hetty, uh, get a chance to play at Assembly Hall. But it's neat to see not only in-state guys, and I talked some of yesterday about this on the program, but the connection with Steve Downing as the AD at that school. This game does so much for his players and even financially for them to get a chance to play there. It's neat to see these not only in-state teams play at Assembly Hall, but folks that have Indiana connections uh, to the program, former players and others 
I, I, I like it. I hope we see more of it with Mike Woodson at the helm. No, 100%. I mean, obviously, I think it's going to be different every year, um, you know, depending on how the rest of the schedule looks, when they want to do exhibition games and when they want to do secret scrimmages. You know, obviously, there's things you can get out of it. You know, in, in both cases, you can get uh, – there are things you get out of one that you can't get out of the other. I mean, if you want to see your team pushed just in terms of quality of competition, you obviously want to see the scrimmage. If you want to see them play in front of fans and also you could use the cash, you know, you obviously need these exhibition games. But – you know, I'm sure it's not going to be in, you know, every year they'll have exhibitions, and I'm sure it's not going to be every year that's just secret images. There's probably going to be a mix of both, and a lot of years they'll probably be both. Um, but I think when they can do it, obviously, this is much better uh, to be able to have uh, somebody, you know, again, teams that are in state. Uh, certainly you would think that Marion is going to get a lot of opportunities, again, just with Steve Downing being uh, the athletic director there, I, I, I think that goes a long way. And and obviously, they're really good at their level. I mean, they're coming off 2066. Um, and yeah, I think went pretty far in the tournament here, too. Won several games in there. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, it, 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 it's definitely better uh, for, you know, for the state, for Indiana, for IU, but and for everybody when, when they give these, uh, you know, smaller conference schools or smaller league, you know, division schools. Uh, from the state, an opportunity to come and play at Assembly Hall. All right, talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. I know that this has come up before because we've had such a long off season to think about what Indiana basketball and the roster could be like this season. But now that we're right on this thing and action is getting ready to tip on Saturday afternoon, can you give your vote for a breakout player, someone that, based on what you've heard and maybe seen a little bit, you expect to take some big leaps? Is it one player? Is it two? And who is it? I mean, if I got to pick one, I mean, and if you can't pick freshmen, because I mean, it's technically, you know, it's like I think everybody knows, everybody seems to have a sense that Jalen Pochettino is going to be really good right away. Um, and so I don't think that's even coming going out on a limb at this point. Uh, you know, Andy Capps is putting him, I think, 13th after out of his top 22 Big Ten players. You know, like that—that uh, that seems to just be that's the presumption is that Jalen Pochettino is going to be good, and I think Malik Reno is going to be good. I mean, I don't know what his minutes are going to look like with Ray Thompson, Jordan Geronimo, and Chase Jackson Davis all on the team, uh, but I think he's going to be really good. But in terms of guys that we have already seen that could get a lot better, uh, I keep coming back to Smart Um and I, I just believe that there this team can be a lot better if they is. What we thought he was going to be, but I, I again, I see you know in, in the few opportunities we've had to see these guys so far, uh, I see a lot of good signs from Dave. You know, obviously, the fact that he shot it really, really well at that Houston Sterics event back in August um, just seems to be carrying himself with a lot of confidence. Um, you know, and and uh, obviously, you know, just life changes, stuff like that, and how he's handling those. Um, I think have matured him a lot, and so you know, I, I imagine it's like. You know, again, you don't know what I want to get into too much of, okay, well, what's fatherhood been like or the expectation of fatherhood, obviously, at a young age. Uh, but, you know, I mean, just simple things like the fact that he brought his daughter who's this area, walked up, you know, got introduced with her and seems to be sort of embracing the idea of, you know, really publicly being a dad. Um, is like, and just, he is walking with the sense of he belongs in all of these spaces and he's a grown man and he's going to play like a grown man. I, 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 so I have a sense that he's going to become a big-time player. I, mean, I just, you know, I mean, just considering all of his track records as a high school player, 33.8% shooting, 28, 9.8 from three is not Tamar Bay. You know, that that's not what you've seen from him. Uh, you know, he played at IMG Academy, star at Piper, 
you know, you'll hear nothing but phenomenal things from anybody who's ever coached him. Uh, you know, I just don't think who he was such a year is who he is. And I think if, if he becomes who he was expected to be, he has a chance to get a lot better. You know, the fact that Trace Jackson Davis, every time he's asked, you know, who he thinks going to break out, he can't wait to tell you about how good my base is doing. I mean, I trust Trace now. Like, Trace is a smart guy and, you know, knows this stuff really, really well. He's a super enlightening guy when it comes to just basketball conversation. So, you know, I like this Trace pump up his guys. He does, you know, but in the same way, like, I believe him. And the fact that he keeps coming back tomorrow, I think that would be something. Dustin Dopierak, the Bloomington Herald Times. I know this is a simple question, kind of getting away from the actual game and the team, but I've had a number of people, including a texter just a moment ago on the Thornton's text line, say, is the IU exhibition game being broadcasted on TV? And unfortunately, Dustin, I believe this is one of the few you won't find on regular TV. It's on Big Ten Plus, which if people subscribe to it earlier in the month for Hoosier Hysteria, their subscription uh, here at the end of October should still be good for the Marion game on Saturday. But tough for IU fans who are so excited about the upcoming season. This is one they're going to have to go to a little extra work and maybe a little extra money if they want to take in this exhibition game on TV. Yeah, I mean, and plus, I mean, it's a Saturday afternoon game, 3.30 in the, at the end of October. And I mean, like, there are not a lot of television windows that are interested in showing uh, an exhibition basketball game when there's college football on all that. You know, like, I mean, the Big Ten Network's not going to show it. I don't know what their noon game is off the top of my head. Um, but obviously, you know, again, every sports-dedicated network in the country is showing college football uh, at noon on Saturday. Um, and, you know, they're also going to, you know, some of them are going to be, you know, piling their games on early and sort of spreading out some of those windows because, you know, World Series game two on Saturday night. Uh, you know, Fox obviously has to have a noon game and, you know, it has some openings at night, but, you know, they're going to have the rest of their, you know, windows on FS1 and the Big Ten Network and everything else filled up. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's a pain. I mean, if, if you're an IU fan, you know, who can't get to the game, you know, or was hoping to be able to watch that and college football on Saturday from the couch, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. Uh, so they get you on these. But, you know, fortunately, there aren't too many of those. Um, you know, I think it's just these first three. It's the season opener on November 7th also is on B1G+, and I think everything else uh, is on BTN or whatever. And, and you know, uh, there are a lot of other teams that have to stream, stream a lot more games than Indiana fans does. Everybody else is going to be you know, somewhere on nationally accessible television. Yep. <clears throat> so a small price to pay if you want to kick the season off with the exhibition games coming up. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times, I do want to transition to a couple other topics. First off, I know you watch baseball and pay attention to Kyle Schwarber. His Phillies headed into the World Series. Neat story for him. He won one with the Cubs. That was such a fun run for Cubs fans, and to see Schwarber be such a big part of that. Can he win another with the Phillies or the Astros? Simply too much to handle this year. They have been perfect so far in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. Uh, you know, I mean, but... I mean, they have more of a, uh, uh, you know, puncher's chance, I, I think, just in their record would indicate. I mean, I think for obvious reasons, you know, they were they were a six seed, and, and in any uh, any previous postseason in the history of Major League Baseball, uh, you know, they would not they would not have been in. Uh, but, you know, obviously the, the new format gave them a chance at it, gave them a crack at it, um, and they were able to obviously get there. But, I mean, you know, you, like, a big part of the reason they weren't higher up in the division for most of the series most of the season was Bryce Harper was out, and Bryce Harper is raking. Um, so, Warber, I, I think that, like, 
Forber Hoskins and Harper have all been really, really on. They can keep this up. You know, they have a, they have a chance at it. It's baseball. I mean, anything can happen. You know, obviously, the nature of the sport is, you know, there's, you know, they play 162 for a reason, and that's, you know, you end up seeing who the best teams are. But in, in short series, you can see that turned on its head. Uh, and, and I think you can see that now. Houston's really, really good. Um, you got just, they got terrific pitching staff between Verlander and Valdez, Javier, and McCullers. I mean, that's a really, really good rotation. Philly goes too deep, you know, with guys that are really good in Wheeler and Nola. Uh, and, you know, you can get some, and, and even Suarez and, and Syndergaard. Uh, but I would take Houston pitching if, if, if you ask me straight up. But again, just because they've got they've got really good hitters, really good power guys who have, have uh, been on a roll lately, you, you got to give Philly a chance. I mean, like again, do I think Houston's a better team? Yes, obviously. Over the course of a season, they were clearly the better team. But it's just you know seven games. I think if, if Philly can get one in Houston, and they can go home to Philly, and Philly's going to be you know just off its rocker, uh, you. They've got a crack at it. Is, you know that, that's what I would say. So I mean, they've got a shot, and it, and it has again been really cool to, to see Schwarber. You know, obviously after he had this terrific start to his career, win the World Series the second year when he had to really come back from um, I think it was an ACL tear or whatever it was, you know, from a serious injury um, and win that series, and then you know he had down times in Chicago, has come back, you know, started to piece together with other teams, you know, moved around a little bit since came out this year and, you know, won the National League home run title with 46 bombs. I mean, it's, it's really cool to see him and you see how much he's enjoying it. I mean, like, he seems to attract the camera uh, this season. You saw him just celebrating in the locker room after with the champagne and everything. He seems to very much be having a blast. So is Harper. It's a group that seems to be really enjoying itself. Um, and, you know, they're loose and they're, they're not playing with anything to lose. They shouldn't be here. So, uh, you know, that makes the team dangerous. Talking with Dustin Dopierak of the Bloomington Herald Times. Got to talk a little football. It's a bye week for the Hoosiers, which probably it, it comes at a good time, although I think everybody recognizes what's ahead for this team. There are some tough games, some tough weeks coming. Uh, I think when we sign off the air today, if you're listening to the live show here in the 11 a.m. hour, Big Ten Network uh, is going to have a reveal of the Big Ten football schedules, at least the conference portion of those schedules, for next year. So, uh, one more year, it sounds like, of divisions before USC and UCLA come into the conference. And uh, I don't know that that's good for Indiana, given how solid the East uh, division is. But it sounds like more of the same, at least for another season. And it sounds like that uh, we'll know more about this Indiana football schedule for next year coming up very soon. I know initially I'd seen Ohio State where those schedules were originally posted. I know a lot of that's been pulled down by IU and other Big Ten teams, but uh, definitely going to be a tough path no matter what the schedule situation is when it comes out at noon today. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I mean, just the biggest thing is they they've they've got to find a way to get right. I mean, and and that's it. You know, like schedule could help their cause uh, a year from now. Um, You know, basically, like if if they, you know, I I don't know what their crossover is going to be. You know, maybe they would be better off if they, they weren't spending another season, uh, you know, with divisions and playing the whole Big Ten East. Um, you know, if you take Ohio State and, um, you know, Penn State and Michigan off that schedule or, or at least, you know, don't play all of them, uh, maybe you'd have a better track at it. But on the same side, I mean, you still get to play, you know, Rutgers and Maryland, uh, you know, every year. And, and, you know, Michigan State, which, you know, suddenly is, is a lot less uh, impressive than they were a year ago. So, 
you know, like there, there could be good and bad to whether they were playing the divisions. But the bottom line was Indiana. Indiana's just got to get right for Indiana um, and just be able to beat anybody. And so, you know, when you're going out and you're losing to Rutgers, you know, it's like, okay, like you, you can't complain about schedule. You know, like if you're not beating anybody, uh, if you're not beating the, the worst other team in your division, and you're losing in Nebraska. It's like okay, like what? You know, what? what you know, yeah, sure. You know, okay, you get Ohio State, and you might get to get pounded there, and you might get pounded by Michigan. But there were enough winnable games on there that you're not yet. And so, you know, you can only complain so much about schedule. But they just got to get right. I mean, they, they just really have to. Um, you know, like that's it, it, it's a long story for what that's going to take. Uh, but man, they just got to be able to beat people. They, they just got to perform at a higher level. And so, you know, like if this trajectory continues next year you know like obviously there can be a it can get a lot more problematic for that program all right Dustin Dopirak one other question from the Thornton's text line I know you and I've covered this before uh but texter writes how hot is the seat for coach Tom Allen can you address that quickly before we get out to a commercial break yeah I mean obviously the 25.3 million dollar bait but uh, buyout uh makes a difference in Indiana's thinking um you know and, and, and and also the reason that there is that big of a buyout at this point in his career is that, that he did win, uh, you know, at a high level for Indiana. You know, say what you will about uh, the COVID season being different and whatnot, but they still managed to pull, you know, to win six big games. Uh, that's not something that most Indiana teams would do. You know, like, what, no matter what you do with that 2020 season and say, okay, well, you know, all right, well, you probably lose to Penn State if they've got Michael Parsons, who obviously opted out that year, and, and some other guys they could have had. Um, you know, like, you probably lose that game, yeah, but you probably beat Michigan. Uh, you know, the way those two teams stacked up and just the way that they were performing, it's like, okay, like, yeah, you weren't playing in front of fans, maybe you got lucky as far as injury is concerned and as far as COVID itself was concerned, um, but that was something. So that, that gets them some goodwill and some grace, and that goodwill and grace is translated into money, and I just cannot see Indiana throwing away, uh, you know, $25 million on a buyout, or at least committing $25 million on a buyout. Uh, and 20 is still a lot for next year, but that being said, you know, eventually it's going to come down, um, and, you know, he's not on a good track, um, is, is the best, the simplest I could put it, and, you know, I, I, I think Scott Stolson knows he has to be physically responsible and not throw money away, you know, there's, there's, you know IU is not the most well-heeled program in the Big Ten, um, but obviously at some point, if it becomes unfixable, if it becomes stuck in a track that you're not getting out of, uh, then you, you got to get out of there. You can't just suffer for you know be two and ten, three and nine uh, every year for five years. You know there, there's going to have to be something somewhere down the road. You know I, I can't imagine a, a move after this year. I'd be kind of surprised after one after next, but you know if this is still a case in 2024, I don't know how you don't make a move. All right, uh, talking with Dustin Dopierak, the Bloomington Herald Times. Dustin, thanks for the chat. Uh, we'll catch up with you soon and talk with you next week. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times, our guest. We'll head to a commercial break. Back to talk local sports. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will join us in the next segment. We'll be talking uh, high school football, a little volleyball as well. And how about a quick preview on girls basketball? Those games, that regular season is just around the corner. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for... All the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison.
All right, we're back to your final segment of our Wednesday program. Don't forget, no Thursday show as we've got Bellarmine basketball play-by-play in the 11 a.m. time tomorrow. Uh, so no Thursday edition of our show. Uh, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is my guest now. We'll talk high school football, volleyball, and even some girls basketball quickly here in this segment. Josh, what is the number one game on your radar for Friday night postseason football? Uh, I would say definitely Heritage Hills at uh, Charlestown. That 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 seems to be the biggest game. You know, uh, obviously uh, two two really good teams. Uh, you know, Heritage Hills I think is a, is six and four record, but they're a lot better than that. So it it's going to be uh, you know it's going to be a huge game. And uh, Charlestown trying to trying for that first sectional title in a while. So you know they're hoping to keep that going with the victory on Friday night. So that that's the biggest one, and then. Uh, I'd say the second second one is uh, uh, Providence at West Washington. Again, two 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 good teams going head to head, and uh, that that one's on the road for the Pioneers, so that's going to be a tough one. But uh, um, I think I think the Pioneers can come out on top. They just have to play well, and uh, I would say the Charlestown game is I would call that one a toss up at this point. But uh, you know, playing at home's got got to be good for uh, at least uh, a couple points. So maybe maybe give the slight edge to Charlestown. All right, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Yeah, I'm excited about Friday's games. We'll see if uh, we can get multiple teams to advance on to sectional championship games the following week. Josh, uh, also volleyball is at the forefront right now. Providence and Floyd Central headed to Columbus East on Saturday, a doubleheader. So if you're a fan of volleyball locally, you can catch both teams on Saturday night at Columbus East. What's the lay of the land for those teams to win and get to state championship games the following weeks? I know there's some tough opponents. That's a given when you get to semi-state weekend in any sport. But can these local teams get it done? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see. You know, first off, I'm I'm so glad they're playing. Uh, you know, selfishly, I'm so glad they're playing at the same place. Uh, you know, it would have been horrible if one of them was playing at Jasper and the other one was playing at Columbus East. Uh, you know, the two southern sites. So, so glad they're playing there and playing back to back. But I tell you what, it's just going to be. Uh, it should be an amazing crowd up there. Uh, you know, for for that one, for both games. You know, Providence first, and then Floyd Central at about uh, at about five thirty. Uh, so, you know, those. Uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a day for uh, volleyball for Southern Indiana, that's for sure. Uh, but in the first game, you know, Providence Western Boone. Western Boone's, uh, you know, obviously good, like you said, six in the state, I believe. And they've got uh, they've got a sophomore outside hitter who's uh, who's got maybe almost 500 kills. Uh, she's she's pretty good, and she's their best player. So, you know, that it's going to be, uh, you know, Providence obviously is going to try to Try to neutralize her, and then uh, on the flip side, though, uh, Western Boone has got uh, got to kind of pick its poison with Providence as to as to maybe who it, uh, it wants to try to stop. And uh, you know, Providence is so balanced, and uh, uh, Grace Creek leads the way, setting setting all kinds of different hitters. You know, uh, Providence is definitely you know number one going in, and I, I would say the favorite. Uh, uh, to come out on top, but you know it's not going to be easy. Uh, obviously, this time of year nothing is, but but still, definitely like the Pioneers' chances uh, of making it back to a, to a state championship match uh, uh, the following Saturday and, and uh, at Ball State. So 
And then in the second game, uh, Floyd Central and Yorktown, that should be a whale of a contest. Uh, you know, Yorktown, second in the state, Floyd, sixth in the state. Yorktown, just a couple years ago, uh, won the won the 4A state title and uh, I believe maybe won a national championship, too. They were that good. So that that's going to be a, a heck of a matchup. You know, Floyd is, you know, uh, really rolling right now, 19 in a row. So, um, you know, they, they, they've got it going. Bart, Bart Powell's got it going up there with the squad. So, you know, that's going to be a really big one. Uh, if they can they can play like they did uh, last Saturday night against Castle. I really like, uh, really like the chances, of it, but I think it's going to be, um, you know, this one just uh, on on paper. I would say, you know, he's going four sets, maybe five. So it, uh, it this could be a, this could be a match that, that takes a while. That's for sure. But uh, um, you know, I think it's going to be a really, really close one, a really tight one, and a really good one. Should be some good volleyball, and good luck to our local team Saturday. Afternoon, Saturday evening at Columbus East, the Orange Pit, one of the more interesting colored gyms in our state, <laughs> orange and brown everywhere. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, got to squeeze in a little girls basketball. That season is not underway as far as games go, but uh, they have been practicing now for a few weeks. There are some scrimmages this week and uh, getting ready for November 1st. Less than a week away next Tuesday night, the opening night of girls' basketball games in our state. What's the lay of the land locally? Is there a team or two that should stand out? I get the feeling from you and others that it should be a pretty uh, mediocre season and maybe some good competitive games locally. I don't know that we have a runaway here that's a state championship favorite loaded with Division One talent like what we've had in recent years. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have any state final teams, unfortunately, this year, but... Uh... Uh, some solid squads for sure. Uh, the, the best team might be Charlestown. Uh, you know, uh, Scott Matthews got several girls back from last season, and uh, you know, really, really, really talented team. But uh, you know, the, the the big thing there is they play in the same sectional as Cordon Central, which should be just really good as well. I mean, uh, if you're talking to uh, two two of the top teams in Southern Indiana this year, I would say come from Harrison County, Lanesville, and Class A, and then. Uh, um, Court and Central in Class 3A, both of those teams uh, should be really good. And, you know, uh, Lanesville, uh, this might be the year they get over the hump. Uh, you know, they've, they've, uh, they've had really good teams the last few years, but then I uh, uh, can't seem to make it out of the regional. But, uh, you know, this might be the year that they do that. And, you know, Angie Hinton has, has, uh, has got that thing rolling over there, and it's going to be really interesting to see... Uh, uh, what they can do, and then uh, uh, here in Clark and Floyd counties, you know, I, I, it, uh, it's going to be just really interesting to see what what some of these teams can do. You know, obviously, uh, one of the big storylines is, is Silver Creek jumping up to four A after after back to back appearances in the three A state final. So, you know, that, that's that's uh, that's a big thing to watch. But yeah, next uh, next Tuesday night, you know, opening day is already here almost. So. Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. You can read lots of coverage about local sports from Josh and his team at newsandtribune.com slash sports and in the daily print edition of the paper. Josh, thanks for the chat. Matt, thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great day. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this Wednesday edition of our program. 
A reminder, no show on Thursday. We've got Bellarmine basketball here on the Big X in the 11 a.m. hour. I will be back with you on Friday to close out the week, send you into the weekend, high school football Friday night, World Series Friday night, IU basketball exhibition Saturday afternoon, lots of college football this weekend, just a tremendous, tremendous sports weekend. So check us out Friday, no show Thursday due to play-by-play in the 11 o'clock hour. Thanks for being with us. That's going to wrap things up for this Wednesday edition of the show. Until Friday, have a great day. Back with you here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.